Welcome to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast, where we have frank discussions weekly on ministry struggles and how many of us in the ministry have gone from overwhelmed and exhausted to calm and equipped leaders who love being in ministry. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders. Are you ready to overcome burnout? If your answer is yes, then keep listening. Hello and welcome back to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast. I am your host, Monique Addison Stinson, Burnout Prevention Coach for Ministry Leaders. And I help ministry leaders go from exhausted and overwhelmed to calm and equipped leaders who actually love being in ministry. And we are continuing our series. It's time. It is time to talk about ministry burnout. And we have, I said this before, I'm going to say this every time, but we have the most amazing guests who have agreed to come on. And today is no exception. Um, I am so excited. And I'll tell you why after she introduces herself. So Doc, yes, introduce yourself. Well, hello, everybody. I am Dr. Apostle Kendra Carpenita, and I am the senior pastor of Redemption Faith Global Ministries, located in the beautiful city of Pensacola, Florida. Um, I have a multiplicity of ministries under Kendra Carpenita Ministries, which includes the African American um, Clergy Council. I also have the Bridge Network, which actually bridge those who no longer want to attend church. It bridges them back to God. And um, I also have, of course, Kendra Carpenita Ministries, and I have Kingdom Global Network, for which I cover, um, uh, gosh, uh, different pastors and preachers, teachers all around the world. And um, also, after all that, I am a gospel singer, but my most loved joy is that I'm a wife and I am indeed a mother. So that's me. Thank you. Thank you so much for sharing that and introducing yourself. So I am excited to talk to Dr. Kendra because we have been Facebook friends for some time Mm -hmm. and um, never actually met. (laughs) Until now, so I'm super excited and just honored that uh, she agreed to come on and continue this conversation around ministry burnout. And having said that, um, what is your definition of ministry burnout? Actually, my ministry definition, and this is what it is to me, my ministry definition of my definition of ministry burnout is overexertion. A personal servitude. Mm. I need to sit with that one because <laughs> that is so good. I I absolutely love that. And mm. have you experienced ministry burnout, or have you seen colleagues experience ministry burnout? I've actually seen both. Um, I went through ministry burnout twice. Wow. And I've seen multiple colleagues um, previously and currently who are suffering from ministry burnout. Yeah. And um, it's something that's been happening for years. Yep. And I believe it's been misdiagnosed for many years. Yeah. Uh, we took it from ministry burnout to where people are lazy, they're tired. No, they're tired 
but they're burned out. Yeah. Yeah. And I like that you bring up that it has been misdiagnosed because that has been one of my challenges is, and I feel like it's been misdiagnosed by the medical community, but also by ministers themselves. They just think, oh, I'm just so tired or I can never get any sleep or um, they're angry. (laughs) You know, their gut is bothering them. Um, You know, they feel depressed. Those are are signs of ministry burnout. And so I'm so happy you mentioned being misdiagnosed because, and that's why I've been focusing so much on the signs, what to look for. This could, if, if you're experiencing this, then this could be ministry burnout, just so we could start having this, this, this dialogue. And that's why I entitled this series, It's Time to Talk About Ministry Burnout, because we just aren't having those conversations. Right. It is. Now, yeah. So when you were having, experiencing ministry burnout, what did it look like for you? Well, it started off the telltale signs. I was extremely exhausted. Um, I didn't have any energy to get out of the bed. I really wanted to stay in the bed, put the covers over my head. I was snappy. I had very short fuse. I really couldn't eat, really couldn't sleep, suffered from insomnia. I would be up, you know, I would wake up four o'clock in the morning not going to bed till about four o'clock in the morning. And, you know, I felt the only way to soothe my release, I do something ministry related. But in all actuality, that was a cop out. Yep. Because I wasn't dealing with what the issue was. But here's the thing, Monique, I knew I was burnt out. Oh. I knew I was. Mm. I knew I was. And because of my own personal conviction, I didn't want, um, I had this thing about me. I didn't want anyone to see me as non-sufficient. I didn't want anyone to see me as, oh, you know, she's not doing what she Mm. used to do. I didn't want anyone to see me as, well, I don't think she's going to last long because I've noticed some changes. So in a midst of everything else that I was doing, you know, staying up literally 24 hours. One time I remember I stayed up 48 hours. What? No sleep. No sleep at all. I was bright-eyed, bushy-tailed, and my mind was going, 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 going. I was thinking about what I could do. I haven't done that. I need to do this. I need to do that. And then here's the thing. I said, God had me up talking to me for 48 hours. No, ma'am. <laughs> no, ma'am. You kept you up for 48 hours talking to yourself and saying that God was speaking. Right. That's my truth. Oh That's my God. But I knew I was burned out, but I couldn't pull back. Right. Couldn't pull back. Right. I'm so happy you been, I have heard that so many times. God kept me. I've said that. So mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, he kept me up 48 hours straight. Right. God was looking at me like, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Really? Right. 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 If you had just given me these problems, we would have this problem. We wouldn't have this problem. There you go. There you go. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so happy you share that. Thank you so much. Because like I said, I've heard that so many times that God kept you up. So in the midst of you dealing with that, you still had to run your church. Yeah. What did that look like? Um, The church looked good. The functionality (laughs) of the church was great. 
you know, and this is when actually, uh, this is prior to me pastoring my own church. I was the executive pastor of a church in Tennessee. And um, everything looked great. You know, the aesthetics were good. Um, protocol was happening. Administrative things were in order. But I was the one in the background, you know. Right. A ticking time bomb. And this is another thing. Nobody noticed it. Nobody noticed. And I can attribute it to people not functioning in their gift. I can't attribute it to, you know, hey, well, my pastor should have seen. I can't I can't blame anybody. Right. I really can't. Because um, in the long run of things, we really want to sometimes we want to pass the plate on to other people. But we really, we are responsible for what we put on our plate and how we manage it. So I was sitting there, I was, you know, I was a shaking time bomb and nobody's seen it. Everything looked good. Yeah. It looked good. It yeah. did. And I suffered that a little bit um, when I started ministry here in Florida. Because once again, I'm coming, I came back home, you know, to people who knew me as little Kim, you know, the little bitty girl, you know, that used to sing at the little church. And so now all of these anxieties of, you know, who I used to be. And sometimes people won't let you grow up. People won't mm. let you fall. People won't let you change. Yeah. And so now you're fighting this mental battle of who I am versus who they knew. Right. And you're constantly trying to prove I'm not that person anymore. This is who I am. Yeah. In the midst of starting a brand new ministry. I love but even that. that looked good. Yeah. 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 You mentioned that so much, that that looked good on the outside. And that is one of the reasons that this is so deadly. Like it, it can really be deadly. Oh, I have yeah. gone to many funerals of ministry leaders, pastors that I knew the root cause mm-hmm. was the fact that they were burned out. Yeah. And, and they didn't as you said, take on that responsibility of fixing it because right. it, it really takes, it's, it's very simple to fix, but then again, it's not, mm-hmm. you know, because just for you, I use you as, a, as an example. When I reached out to you, you immediately said that your assistant would get back to me and your assistant was on it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Love that. The other pastors I've reached out to they're the ones responding to me. There's the one, they're the ones who are trying to check their calendars. Okay. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, 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 no. So I talk can't. a little bit about that. So you're you're feeling you're feeling like you've come out of burnout. And and let me just emphasize that burnout is just stress not being managed properly. So everybody's gonna everybody's going to experience stress. I mean, that's, if you're living, stress is coming. Absolutely. You prevent burnout by managing stress properly. So it really feels like I mentioned your assistance. Um, what have you done just to help your colleagues out? What have you done to recover and what are you doing to prevent burnout in the future? Um, one of the groups that I failed to mention because it just slipped my brain a few minutes ago, I also have um, the Pastoral Support Network. And the Pastoral Support Network um, is a conglomerate of different pastors, um, different genders, different cultures. And basically it's in place 
to help pastors prevent burnout. Mm -hmm. And I remember one time I extended it to you, but you know, whole COVID, everything came. Yeah. So we had, you know, reduce something and we're coming back to that. We'll yeah. talk about that offline. Okay. But, um, you know, it's really to help pastors prevent burnout. Nice. And I mentioned in one of the sessions that on Mondays and Tuesdays, those are my off days as pastor. Good. And they were like, what do you mean? Good. You have off days? Absolutely, I do. Absolutely. Mondays and Tuesdays, you can call. I won't answer. You can send a message. I won't respond. Mm. You can even go on my Facebook page and say, hey, check your inbox. I won't mm -hmm. do it because this is my moment, literally, to detox and to rebuild. Because not only as an individual, I'm living life. I'm being a mother, I'm being a wife, you know, I'm active in my community, I'm doing so many different things. And then to add to that, I'm a pastor as well. And so you have all these things that you're trying to manage and you don't wanna lose yourself in the midst of everything that's happening. So that Monday and that Tuesday is my woosaw time. Let me tell you what I do, nothing. Say that again for the people. You <laughs> I do nothing, mm. I do nothing. Okay, I take that back. I'll possibly Netflix binge. There you go. <laughs> but I do nothing. That is the core pillar. Amazing. Right? It feels amazing. So when I mentioned that in that session, the pastors were like, well, how do you take time away from the people easily? And let me address this really quickly. Um, okay, let me gauge how I'm going to say this. For so long, in Christendom and especially in the church world. Yeah. Um, people have, um, in so many words, people have been taught to go to your pastor for everything. Yes. Go to your pastor for everything. Yep. And some of us have negated to let God be God. Mm. So I won't tell you to come to me for everything because unlike God, I need sleep. <laughs> Bible tells us that he doesn't sleep. You know, that's what he says in the book. And you know, in the 120 percent, that's what it says, you know, right. keeping Israel should never sleep nor slumber. So I need sleep. So mm -hmm. I'm going to refer you to the one who never sleeps. <laughs> so that helps us to alleviate a lot of our stress when we as pastors understand I'm not God. Come on. I'm a small representation of him. Mm -hmm. I still have errors. I still have, you know, some, some heels and some hiccups. Right. I still have some things I'm trying to work out personally. Yeah. And when we can be real with ourselves, we won't have to put up this big facade for everybody else. Because many, after they preach, after they pastor, after they lead, they go home and take the mask off and sit down and then need a whole different breath to breathe. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm just, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm honest and transparent, Monique. That's just. You know, we, we got to remove the filters if we want to help. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so happy you mentioned all of that. Rest, taking time off is one of the main pillars of what I teach. Mm -hmm. And just like you, I get looked at like I have a nose in the, in the middle of my forehead. They're like, what? What, right. what, what language are you speaking? Yeah. <laughs> I tell people this all the time. Rest is a weapon. Thank you. When you're, uh -huh. when you're rested, you're weaponized. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. In the fitness world, when you lift weights, 
you can lift, 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 but yeah. the strength comes when you give those muscles rest. That's when the rebuilding happens. Right. That's when the strength happens. And that is, I'm so happy you mentioned that. I'm so happy that other pastors and ministry leaders can hear from an amazing pastor, ministry leader, who's doing all the things, mm-hmm. but she can do all the things because she has prioritized rest. And let me add this really quick, Monique. Mm-hmm. Um, even when it comes to rest and having an administrative team, um, like you said, some pastors, they want you know hands-on, they have to do it. But you're actually, you're sliding the people yeah. Because the whole role of a pastor is to develop, to groom, and to present. Yes. If I'm continuously hands-on with everything, yeah. I'm handicapping people from being developed, you know, performing, and yep. being presented. And so if I get anything, if it's something small, of course, hey, you know, yeah, I'll respond to it. But ministry events, you know, all type of meetings, everything. And sometimes... You know, people may get a little, you know, tizzy because you referred them to your administrative team, but this is the method that I've taken on. If you want me, you will do what's best for me to provide for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Those are boundaries. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And we have to respect people's boundaries. Exactly. 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 Oh, I need to sit with I'm you. I'm laughing at you. <laughs> <laughs> this is not real life. This is not real. And it took some burnout to get here. Right. Right. It took a major burnout. It took some major burnout. Yeah. I left church for three months. Yeah. A couple of years ago, matter of fact, 2011, I left church for three months. Mm. I've never in my life did anything like that. Wow. Never in my life. I mean, to me, the way that I was groomed and the way that my family raised me, every weekend we're in church. If there's something going on in the week, you know, you adjust your schedule and you attend church. But for three months, I sat home on the couch and Jimmy Swagger and the Sunlight Channel was my pastor. Mm-hmm. I sat there for three months. I was mad at the church. I was mad at the leaders. I was mad at the people, all because... I mismanaged what was put before me. Mm. <laughs> All because, and it's some people I had to forgive. Yeah, yeah. They didn't take advantage of me. Right. I openly presented myself to something that I knew I really shouldn't have managed in the beginning. They didn't take advantage of my time. Exactly. I lended time to them that I didn't have. That you didn't have. <laughs> so I got mad at them because they took what I gave. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Yeah. How dare you take what I gave you? Right. I gave it to you and I'm mad that I gave it to you. And you use it good. (laughs) Yeah. You use it good. But there's some people I had to forgive because there's some things that I did. Right. And they only responded to what I presented. You presented. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I have been trying to teach that for so long. Talk a little bit more about this ministerial network that you've created to help prevent burnout? Because I really feel like, um, especially pastors who haven't heard of it, 
talk a little bit more about that and that community that you've created and some of the things you're hearing, other things that you're hearing from the pastors. I know they're they're looking at you like you're crazy because you take time off, but what are some of the other things you're hearing that is causing pastors to deal with burnout? Um, other things that I'm hearing that's causing pastors to deal with burnout is the non-accountability of other sheep in the church. Um, outside of that, you know, since COVID, people aren't attending church the way they used to attend church. So now with that, the numbers have scaled back. So have tithes and offerings, but there's, they still have these buildings that they have to maintain. Right. They still have staff that they have to compensate and pay. Utilities, insurance, you know, all of these things that are happening. And, um, okay, here you go. You got, you know, I got to curtail this. Now look. Lord have mercy. Okay. All right. So this is also where we as pastors have errored. We have depended upon the attendance of people to support the church. Mm. You never base the functionality of your church off the numbers in the pews. You are a pastor to be mm. a person of faith. Absolutely. I have seen God bring in an offering that looked like it should have been 3,000 people in right. the building, and there was 50. Right. <laughs> you know, so we never can, we never can base ministry off of numbers because God did not design it that way. So a lot of these things that we're taking on, we're taking them on because we built them to be that way. Not that God designed it that way. We're so taking on extra stuff. Come on. So you're telling me that I don't have to do these other things like chick killing fish and, and chicken and having all these other fried chicken dinner sale in order to come up with what's lacking and giving. Is that what you're trying to tell me? Doctor? That's what I'm telling Kill you. Her. Don't kill me, y'all. Don't, don't tar and feather me. But that's what I'm telling you. That's what I'm telling you. It requires faith. And this mm. is not something that I developed on my own. I was taught this because I seen it in action. Yes, ma'am. I seen it in action. I had a pastor at one point in time said, we will never fry a piece of fish. You will never have to worry about making a bowl of potato salad mm. because we're going to put our faith in God and we're going to watch him perform. And that's what God did. Mm. That's what God did. I've seen the faith of God. I mean, literally, I mean, God, I've seen so many things that lets me know that God is real and he's a keeper of his word. That's right. So when we get to, you know, the money getting low, we want to get a hundred people for a fish dinner and you want people to give $10 for this to go buy a can of popcorn. Right. And when people don't support, then you're saying now nobody's not supporting me. No, it's not that nobody's not supporting you. You really don't need that as a component. And if it's not successful, hello, hear what God is trying to tell you. You don't have to stand in the middle of a highway with a bucket saying, help us do this for the youth department. I'm not fighting anybody. I'm just Absolutely. telling the truth. We have to activate our faith and starve our doubt. Mm. Even, as, even as leaders. Mm. Because if you look around in the pews and the numbers start dwindling, it's natural to be like, okay, God, 
All right. Mm. Where's everybody? <laughs> Is it? They go to the same place. What's going on? Right, right. You know, right. faith has to kick in and say, God, whatever you call to maintain, you will sustain. Ooh. If you gave it, it's good. I may have to wait on you to do it. Yep. But I'm a believer in you and my faith is strong in you that I'm going to wait for you to show up and perform. Amen. And in the midst, I'm going to sit back. I'm not going to let my blood pressure go up. I'm not going to have pastoral aid going to get me a peppermint because, you know, all this, mm. get me a canned Coke to regulate mm -hmm. my vital signs. Mm -hmm. We're not we're not doing that. No, oh no, no, no. But those are just a couple of things um, that I've heard from the pastoral support group. And listen to this. Mm. Even though this is offered, not one penny has ever been charged for anybody. A lot of people still don't come. Yeah. Still don't come. Yeah. And if you are a pastor, you need a sounding board. Yeah. Absolutely. And not your spouse all the time. Ooh. The poor because spouse. sometimes you can make your spouse bitter of the place that you yes, pass. Yes. Come on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, you need a sounding board. Absolutely. Absolutely. And why do you think that? Because I'm having the same, one of the same struggles. I mean, I have some clients, but it's not like I would like, right? Because I'm like, every, I just want to shake these pastors. They want to shake them. Yeah. Why is it? I really do feel like they don't, I'm, I feel like they don't understand mm -hmm. the seriousness of burnout until it's too late until God has to sit you down in the hospital bed. That's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what happened to me, December 29th, 2011. Mm -hmm. um, I was pregnant. I was pregnant. Mm -hmm. But in the midst of me being pregnant, I was in a ministry who had um, exchanged leaders and you know was trying to you know move everything else that was previous, trying to get that out the way, bringing all the new stuff, all the new yeah. staff, getting everything. and. You know, I was over the entire church operation. We had 2,500 members. So, you know, I'm trying to pull, do, go, do, go, do. I'm pregnant. I'm pregnant. And I would go to my checkups. My blood pressure is 155 over 101. Yeah. And, you know, all this stuff is happening. And my doctor was like, well, what are you doing? Oh, I'm doing nothing. I mean, just my regular. And he said, your regular isn't working for you. Mm. That's what my That's doctor heard. That's what my doctor told me. Ooh. And I didn't listen to my doctor. My doctor told me to take off two weeks mm. prior to my due date. I didn't do it because I had to, you know, stuff to do, stuff to do, stuff to do. Right. So here it is now. Time to have a baby. And my body literally crashed on me. Wow. My heart rate, when they got me to the ER, my heart rate. It's 238 beats a minute. My blood Ooh. pressure was 210 over 127. Blood sugar never had, I never had these issues before. Listen, never had these issues before. And my blood sugar had shot up to 625. All of this stuff happening with my body. And then I had fluid contained in my lungs. So I went into eclampsia. Yeah. And so they had told me after everything was good, came back around. They told me if you had waited five more minutes. Ooh. You would have died. Mm. You would have died. Mm -hmm. Now, here's the kicker. I spent time in ICU. And I'm the only person in ICU that's functioning. I can hear. I'm alert. You know, I'm writing notes to people and everything on a breathing machine, on a, on a ventilator. Yeah. You know, I'm writing notes. You know, hey, you need to do this, need to do that. 
After everything happens, moving better, I go to the second floor. I get my phone back. I'm texting the church. Hey, who's checking on this and who's checking on that? My, I've had a whole episode here now. You know, I mean, a whole body breakdown. And I get my phone and I'm like, hey, somebody's going to open the church because you know it's seven o'clock. You know, and then such and such come. They have a meeting at such and such and blah, blah, blah. Here's the next keeper. Nobody stopped. Nobody stopped. I believe it. So I went back into another thing with my body. Yeah. Body shut down again. And then finally it dawned on me. You idiot. <laughs> You're your problem. Put that phone down. I'll never forget as I was going to the hospital, someone lights it got turned off. Here I am in the midst of trying to survive and live. Someone lights got turned off. I had them to meet me at the hospital to help pay their light bill. Yeah. Because a person had kids and I didn't want the kids to be in the house with the lights on. Yeah. So, and all this stuff started going through my mind and I'm like, you have been your issue. So when I had my healing time, I was out for a while. I stopped doing, you know, taking all these calls that I could not handle because I wasn't in the office. Right. I stopped doing a lot of documenting because I wasn't in the office. Right. Right. I literally removed some programs from my computer because it didn't make any sense because I wasn't in the office. Exactly. And slowly but surely the light came on. If you want to live, you got to stop participating in killing you. Mm. And then I put Jesus' name on. <laughs> Doing it for the church, you know, for the people. Right. You know? But what about you? Right. What about you? Wow. Yeah. And even in that, Monique, I had moments, um, even, you know, with my ex-husband. Those who know I was married 17 years previously. And um, when my ex-husband left, he told me, he said, I'm tired of the church. Mm. He said, if you're still going to be a part of the church, I can't be a part of you. Wow. I said, okay. And there we have it. Yeah. I learned I'm a big, big supporter in family. Mm -hmm. Anybody that goes to our church will tell you, if it's going to conflict with your family, don't worry about coming. Right. Right. I have canceled services. I have canceled gatherings. You can say whatever you want to say. No, we're not going to do it. Family night, Friday night. There you go. Go do something with your family. Go skate, go bowling, go to a movie. Go do something with your family. You have to. You have to. Yeah. And have I, to. I believe that. Thank you for sharing that. I believe you have helped a lot of people with that testimony. Because wow. I, I have seen it. I'm seeing it now. And I want them to say, I want them to get that same revelation that they are their problem. Yeah. They are their problem. And that is such a powerful revelation. And I really do believe that the reason why there's so many divorces in the church is because of what you just outlined like literally what you just testified about I have seen situations to where um where leaders have required 
certain people who have families, you know, they, they pull on their time, they pull on their time, pull on them, they pull on them, they pull on them. And little do they know, their households are in shambles. I will tell anybody who serves alongside with me, adjutants, those who go places with me, if your house is not together, you're having some problems, don't worry about me. I'm okay. Absolutely. You fix this. Absolutely. I'm going to be all right. I can carry my own Bible. I can get my own water. I can put my shoes on. I, I'm very functional. <laughs> but you go fix this. Right. Because what type of leader am I watching you die while I live? Come on now. Watching your household crumble while mine's increase. Exactly. What is that? Exactly. Come on now. What is that? Mm. I have a husband and wives that serve together, that travel with me. And you know, if the husband want to leave and the wife, well, I'm going to know you go with your husband. Exactly. He ready to go. Go with your husband. Well, mm. I thought, no, 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 no. I'll talk to you later. What your husband said. Right. My leadership will never trump your household. Mm. <laughs> It'll never trump your household. That's not my role. Right. Not my role. Man. I got to sit with that one again. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. It's not our role. Ooh. We take on a lot that we don't need to take on. Right. I mean, I understand. I understand uh, mentor development. I understand a person gleaning and learning, being groomed. But it is not your responsibility to take over anyone's home. No, Ooh, it is That's your responsibility, right? Right. It is your responsibility to make to 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 manage and minister to your own home. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I had um, I listened to this one pastor one time, and he blew me away. He made a statement. He said, "My wife and I are not together today because I allowed the church to become my mistress." That is so true yeah wow that is so true it is <sighs> okay i didn't sit with that one too Give me. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a minute hilarious oh my god yeah. i mm, i really believe and I told you that we're going to allow God to gauge and 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 manage this conversation right because this is a whole sermon like for <laughs> listen it's a whole sermon it needs to be said I I am I don't even know what else to say like I really want to just I really want you to give benediction right now because I really feel like. <laughs> Listen, it's a lot and it's real. It is real. And so real. the reason why God gave me this, it's time to talk about ministry burnout because it, no one's talking about it. Mm -hmm. It's been going on for years. Yeah. Or I grew up in the church, was at church every single day, every single day of the week. Mm -hmm. And have seen so many pastors 
through all the things you just mentioned. Yeah. Many are not around because they developed chronic health conditions that took them out. Mm -hmm. And it was because they did not do the things that you did to begin to live yeah. and thrive as a human being and, and a pastor. Right. Wow, you said as a human being and a pastor. Yeah. Wow. And we, a lot of pastors forget that you are a human being. Oh, yeah. You are going to be tired. Just like you said earlier, you are not God. Mm -hmm. God has that position on lock. You cannot be him. You cannot, like you're not, you're a small, as you mentioned, a small representation. You are a human being with human experiences, with human feelings, and you need, as a human, you need to take a break. Yeah, yeah. And I also think, um, Monique, when it comes to pastoring and not being God, yeah. we have to learn to correct people when they want us to take on the position of being God. Exactly. You know, um, mm. I've learned throughout this, this journey. And, you know, truthfully speaking, I've been working with pastors for the past mm. 25 years. Mm. Mm. Past 25 years. And what I've noticed is that people will create pedestals. Yeah. yeah. And they want you to fulfill what's on the pedestal. Things that they have never thought about doing themselves. They're right. right. But you have to remind them, hey, look, I'm human just like you. Yep. And of course, you know, we don't want the commonality of people because we understand, you know, uh, you know, being too common with people, it really ultimately it causes uh, boundaries to be treaded. Exactly. But even in that, you have to be comfortable telling people. I heard people tell me before when they asked me, how was I doing? I'm like, look, today is not a good day. Yeah. It's like, well, you can't say that. You know, you're blessed and highly favored of the Lord. Da, da, da. I know that. I know scripture been studying it for a long time absolutely but today it's not a good day for me right well you need to change your verbiage you need no the yeah. reality is yeah today <laughs> right now i'm not feeling it exactly don't tell me to pray i don't want to pray right now let me feel what i'm feeling so i can process it exactly then move on beyond it and i think that's another thing that we forget to do we forget to process our real feelings Absolutely. So we make up these other pseudo feelings and we float around with it. Yep. Meanwhile, the real issue is still in our face like this. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. I love that you said that because <laughs> I hear that so much. All of us at the church, we hear that so much. Girl, I bless the holy favor. Praise the Lord. I'm like, but your mom just died. You need to you need to acknowledge that and sit with that. Yeah. I tell people often when they say, Oh, I say, hey, how you doing? Oh, you know, they, you know, start all that. Great. But how are you? How are you? How are you doing? Right. And that's when the, oh, well, you know, you know, I could be a little bit better. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. Feel it. Yeah, exactly. You have to feel it. You have to feel it. If you don't address it, then it's going to come up. Oh, yeah. It's it's going to bubble up 
in an, in a time when you don't want it to. <laughs> You're going to blow up. And I remember years ago, it was this movie called, I think it was called Falling Down or something. I can't remember the, the name, but it was something like that where this guy just suppressed feelings of family issues he was having. And all of a sudden he just blew up, like literally blew people up. Like it can really happen where you just go off yeah, some random person or your spouse just because you haven't actually dealt, you haven't actually allowed yourself to feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we are, as you mentioned, we are blessed and highly favored, but right now. Right now. Mm-hmm. Right now. feeling too good. Yeah. Right now. I need to deal with the fact that my, my mom, my mom is dealing with um, congestive heart failure. Okay. And there are some days I am scared mm-hmm. and I have to sit with that. Yeah. I can't brush it off and keep, I need to sit with it. I need to address some things within myself so that I don't go off on somebody, some random person. Mm-hmm. yeah it's real oh, and I keep saying it's real because people need to know it's real right it's real it's real and it's okay we're so good at you know hiding covering up using certain lingo yeah. kind of fix what we're really feeling yeah. but in all actuality sometimes we need to take off our Superman, Superwoman cape, fold it up, put it on the table, and just sit and feel. Right. Sit and cry for a minute. Right. You know, sit and reflect for a minute. Feel all of that stuff. Yeah. And I'm talking from personal experience. Same. I was preaching and battling suicide. Same. I was praying for people. Same going to people churches and oh God, God would show up and I would go home battling in my yeah. mind. Do I want to live or do I want to die? Same. That's because I was still in the process. This is the second time. Yep. Burn. Yep. Burn yeah. 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 Same. Oh, so happy. Kicker. Nobody saw it. Hey, ministry leader, do you feel overwhelmed and exhausted and you haven't had a break in years? Do you feel swamped and you feel like you're on the clock 24-7? What about your health? Has your health worsened since you entered the ministry? First, please know that you're not alone. The Schaefer Institute reported that 90% of pastors say they work 55 to 70 hours per week, and 50% of them feel unable to meet the demands of ministry. Secondly, there's help. You need to work with me. I'm a burnout prevention coach for ministry leaders, and I will teach you stress management and relaxation techniques that will help you go from overwhelmed and exhausted to feeling like a calm and equipped leader who actually loves being in ministry. All you have to do is go to businesschurchlife.com. 
then go to the work with me tab and complete the burnout prevention application to apply to work with me. Now, due to the nature of my training, I can only work with a few ministry leaders at a time. So go complete the application as soon as you're done listening to this podcast. Right. Nobody saw it. No one saw it. Right. And I remember, um, and I mentioned this in my first uh, episode, I had gone to a preacher friend of mine when I was dealing with depression and thinking, having suicidal thoughts and had gone through this preacher and he just blamed me. And I'd gone to him because as you mentioned, nobody came to me. Yeah. No one came to me and asked if I was okay. I was there every Sunday hurting, but you didn't see me. And you haven't addressed me. So I got, I went to this pastor and he was like, is it because you're out of the will of God? And you know, that, that could be what the problem is. And I was like, really? Mm. I'm telling you, I'm contemplating ending my life and you trying to hand me the gun. I am such an advocate for mental health and the church. Yeah. Such an advocate. Yes. Um, it's not denouncing God in any manner. Absolutely. Not saying that he's not real and Jesus did not heal us. And it's not saying any of that. Right. But what it's saying is that I have faith in God and I have enough faith in God that with the right person coming alongside me, I can become stable again. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm an advocate for it. And, you know, yeah. most people think it's taboo in church, you know, to talk about mental health. But yeah. I, I'm about to be real honest. You know, some of the most mental unstable people gather every Sunday. Thank you have, for saying it. We <laughs> haven't been taught. Right. You know, um, we, just, we just haven't been taught how to heal for real. And exactly. this is one of my testimonies that I share with people. Um, in regards to, you know, oh, how did you become and how did you do? Um, the story wasn't pretty. But right. one thing that I used to hear all the time was you got to be holy, 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 got to be holy. So I wore the longest dresses, yeah. made sure I had the longest slip underneath it, mm-hmm. it a, a shade of sunshine. Right. <laughs> you know, I made sure I was modest in my apparel, but the inside of my heart it was cold yeah it was callous yeah and it was hurting so in the midst of trying to be holy 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 no one helped me to be whole Mm. so I looked the part of holiness and when we really understand holiness and when we we delve into it holiness is being holy and whole yes but I was just holy right so I was in church showing up every week, yeah. serving, doing whatever needed to be done. And I was a walking dead man. Yeah. 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 It's so we got to okay. let people know it's, it's okay. Right. That, you know, it's okay not to be okay. Exactly. In church. Be okay and love God. Exactly. It's okay to not be okay in church yeah. and love God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's so okay. True. So true. Okay. But it and doesn't then, remain that way. Exactly. 
exactly thank you for sharing that I see that so much and did the same thing had to look the part Mm -hmm. and lord knows if I didn't I remember having a dress on that was literally past my ankles Mm -hmm. but the sleeves didn't come to my elbow girl yes Yes. I never wore my arms out never and let me tell you this I was so (laughs) I was so mentally in the state of being holy I didn't start wearing pants in church to 2003. Wow. Mm-hmm. And even sitting up there wearing those pants in 2003 and the pastor was, I mean, he was preaching, giving it all he had. All I could think about was, I'm going to hell. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to hell. My grandmother saw me With right your pants on? Hell about. <laughs> and he was preaching some stuff I needed. Yeah, yeah. Pants took my attention. Right, right. (laughs) Because we're so used to looking the part. Mm. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Lord, help us. Please. Please. You have just, you have shared so much. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Mm, mm, mm. I'm just thinking about the experiences I've had with people. So I have never been someone to dress in a way that would what what the the older folks say you know I wasn't fast right like that but right but you know I I always loved fashion so Mm -hmm. I would try my best to bring you know my fashion sense to church honey and lord when I was in the ministry I they they let me have it they let me have it. You know, I first, like I said, with the sleeves, not to my, sh- my elbow, um, with my, my skirt had to be mid calf. Um, I had to wear black suits. They were like, you can't be showing no reds and no ma'am. You're not bringing that Jezebel spirit up in this pulpit. Okay. That's what you're not going to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and it was just crazy. And so you had that stress of, oh my God, what can I buy? What do I wear? What? And I was, you know, I was in my 20s. Like, I didn't want to wear the grandma looking dresses. Like, I was still young. But you had that stress. And I'm just wondering with the young ministers and, and possibly pastors that are coming up. What advice would you give them to prevent burnout? I tell you what, what advice would you give them to manage stress? Because that would then prevent burnout. Um, First thing you need to do, you need to establish boundaries. You need to establish boundaries to protect your space. Yeah. And maintain your boundaries. Right. 
Because sometimes people will make you feel bad if you can't come, if you can't do, if you can't go, if you can't turn water into wine. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make you feel bad. Mm -hmm. Hey, I understand, but these are boundaries. And then there's also, there are times that you have to determine what is an unmanaged 911 versus a real 911. Your lack to prepare appropriately is not going to pull on me when you need it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, my family and I were sitting having dinner. We're going to eat dinner. Right. I'll call you back. Exactly. You know, you have to, first thing and foremost, you have to establish boundaries. When you have those boundaries in place, respect them. That's really, I mean, that's really the, the primo advice that I can give. Exactly. Because when you have those boundaries, then you can control what comes to you and what doesn't come to right. you. Right, right. Yeah. And then understand, you know, at the, at the top part, you're not God. You're limited at what you can do. Exactly. The rest of it is on him. Right. You're the under shepherd. You're the under shepherd. Jehovah Rohi means exactly. the ever loving shepherd. Right. The real shepherd. Yeah, exactly. We're yeah. under him. Right. So what I can't handle, I have to relinquish and give it to him. So I've tried. I'm going back up. All right, God, there you go. You got it. I'm going to go to Starbucks. Absolutely. Get me a venti chai latte. Come on, come on. You know, and breathe. Right, right. And know that it's okay. Don't beat yourself because you can't meet everybody's demands. Right. Don't, don't beat yourself for that. That is the human. perfect advice. That's right. You're human. That is the advice. And I'm actually going to end the conversation on that because <laughs> that is the advice. The set, you are not God and to set boundaries. And I have um, a pastor friend who is uh, very controlling. Mm. And, and it's really chaos. Um, and I'm hesitating with saying controlling because nothing gets done. It's like all this little chaos floating around and nothing's actually getting done. And I feel like setting boundaries is perfect for those who feel like they have to control things because you can literally control your boundaries. Absolutely. (laughs) You can control that. You can control your boundaries. Mm -hmm. That's one luxury that you need to maintain. Absolutely. If you don't maintain anything else, maintain the controlling of your boundaries. Exactly. Because you're worth it. Absolutely. You're worth it. Absolutely. You are worth it. You are worth it. I love, thank you, Dr. Kendra. Thank you. I feel like, Liz, you need to send me your cash app or whatever you use because I need to give you an offering for this word today. My goodness, I've enjoyed myself. I, I mean, seriously, this was such a word. I believe it's going to help so many people. Um, before we end it, let everyone know where to find you. Um, well, my social media platforms, I am on Facebook, of course, under Kendra Carpenita, listen, I can't even say my name now, Kendra Carpenita. Um, I also have a ministry page on Facebook, Kendra Carpenita Ministries. I'm on Twitter under Kendra Cartoons. 
I'm on Instagram. It's Kendra Cartoons. I'm even on TikTok. Kendra Cartoons. Okay. Come on, so, TikTok. Um, Google me. My name pop up. Plug in somewhere. And let's connect. Perfect. Let's perfect. Well, if you can have your assistant send me all those links, I'd appreciate it. Okay. And I, I will definitely add those to our show notes so people can reach out to you. Um, and uh, Dr. Kendra is a, a singer, award-winning singer, if I, if I might add. I am. Come tell them about the everything, girl. Well, um, <clears throat> um, in the midst of everything else, I'm a gospel artist. Um, I haven't taken a hiatus, but you know, um, sometimes in life you have to prioritize. Exactly. And so right now in life, I'm, I'm going back to my music ministry, but the last single that I released um, was in 2020 nice. and it's entitled Watch Him Do It. And it's also with me and the music ministry of Redemption Faith. And prior to that, I have um, I Want More, which was another single. They're all on um, iTunes or on Google Play. Um, they're anywhere you possibly can get your online media from. I also have some previous projects. And what's funny, Monique, a lot of people do not know because I did a lot of compilations with other people, you know, a couple of years ago. And you hear my voice, but you don't see my name. So oh. Google my name. Okay. Something of everything, y'all. Right? <laughs> so just Google it. Go get it. Sing along with me. Something. But I'm going to say this. I am planning to do a live recording. Nice. Planning to do a live recording. So we'll hear more about that. Perfect. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think it's time. Yeah, it is. It is time. I am so just so grateful that you agreed to come on. You You preached today. You preached. Did I really? You you did. (laughs) You did. My goodness. You gave us a word today and I appreciate you so, so much. And um, I am going to end it there. I encourage all of you to find Dr. Kendra online. I will add all of the links to the show notes and to the description on um, YouTube, but you have to find her. She is amazing. And this was just a taste This is just a taste of what you'll get from Dr. Kendra um, whenever you hear her speak. She's just real. And I love, I love that. And again, if you don't take away anything else, create some boundaries and remember that you're human. So that is all, everyone. Thank you all. And we will see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to the Burned Out Preacher Podcast. And make sure you are following me on Instagram. I'm at Burnout Coach Mo. And I would love, love, love to hear from you. So make sure you send me a DM and say hi. And let me know if this podcast has been helpful. Also, it would be very helpful if you would leave a five-star rating for this podcast, as it will really, really help other ministry leaders find this podcast so it can help them also. If you leave a rating, make sure you take a screenshot and send me a DM so I can personally thank you. Again, thank you for listening and I'll see you in the next episode.